blessed Sunday to all of you, dear friends. You are tuned in to OLMC Sunday Best. This is a sharing of the Bible study group from the parish of Our Lady of Mount Carmel, Wan Chai, Hong Kong. Join us now in reflecting on this Sunday's liturgy for our life's nourishment. Welcome, brothers and sisters. Welcome to the first Sunday of Advent. Let's greet our Lord with the sign of the cross in the name of the Father, Father and of the Son, and Son of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us recite the collect together. Grant your faith, we pray, Almighty God, the result to run for to meet your eyes with righteous deeds at its coming. So that together at his right hand, they may be worthy to possess the heavenly kingdom. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, the Son, who leads and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. We are in the we are in the first Sunday of Advent, and Happy New Year to everyone. We started a new liturgical year. Uh, you'll see in the readings that we speak of the next coming of Christ. So it's a good time to reflect and reorientate ourselves. For those of you who are joining us online, the first reading is taken from the book of the prophet Isaiah, chapter 2, 1 to 5. The second reading is a beautiful reading from the letter of St. Paul to the Romans, chapter 13. 11 to 14, and you see in the gospel, we move from the gospel according to Luke. Now we're into the gospel according to Matthew, the new year. Chapter 24, verses 37 to 44. So if we can start with the first reading. A reading from the book of the prophet Isaiah. This is what Isaiah, son of Amos, was considering was concerning Judah and Jerusalem. In days to come, the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established as the highest mountain and raised above the hills. All nations shall stream towards it. Many peoples shall come and say, Come, let us climb the Lord's mountain to the house of the God of Jacob, that he may instruct us in his ways and we may walk in his paths. For from Zion shall go forth instruction, and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. He shall judge between the nations, and impose terms of many peoples. They shall beat their swords into plowshares, and their spears into pruning hooks. One nation shall not raise the sword against another, nor shall they train for war again. O house of Jacob, come, let us walk in the light of the Lord. The word of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be to God. God. Yeah, this is a, a very consoling um, passage, prophet, okay, prophecy about the end of the world. Um, yes, it involves all nations. You can see that, okay, it's not just about some particular countries who believe in God, but it is all nations. 
So um, what will become in the end? So Isaiah gave us a, a very um, a beautiful uh, image in which there's no more fighting. Okay, uh, you can see that, okay, the, the, the nations will not you know, raise their sword against each other, will not attack each other. But more than that, before that, he says, okay, they will what, um, uh, beat their swords into brown share. It is something, instead of um, destructive, becomes something productive. So, of course, I mean, the sword can, can work both ways. You can use it to attack people, to, but you can also use, use the sword to, um, uh, to protect yourself. Okay, instead of um, making use of it to attack other people, uh, to invade other people. But no matter what, so what will happen in the end will be peace. Okay, we'll have um, not simply peace, peace, but also we will assure that there, it will be, there will be richness, there will be a lot of abundance of, of everything. So that's, that's a very um, beautiful image. But how would it be possible? I mean, nowadays we see that, okay, especially today, okay, you can see that Russia <laughs> and Ukraine, and it's affecting not just the two nations. We can see many other nations are affected as well. Some of them stood by, they, they form into blocks. Well, they, they do not make their hands dirty. However, you know, they, they invest money, they invest weapon, so that, okay, Ukraine, you fight for me, huh? Okay, I, I, I'm not going to, to uh, offend uh, Russia directly. So, so what is going on? So it, it's not just two countries, rather it is, you know, two blocks of countries. I, I, will, I will put it this way. So it, it's difficult to see um, and then uh, what will come out in the end, we don't know. However, we, we feel the, the bite, okay, the supply chain and you know, all, all, all these things are affecting. We are all connected in a way. It is very clear that we are all connected with one another. So that's how things should be run. That is to say, um, the Lord, okay, will... Uh, come and then we'll, uh, we'll judge. It, it, it says that it will judge between the nations, right? So who is able to settle all these conflicts? Only the Lord. And then he imposed turns on them, okay? So follow these instructions. And this, that's why, okay, times and again, we do this, we have all these conflicts and fighting because we want to be God ourselves okay i'm superior i'm better than you know the rest of you okay so some some kind of vanity some kind of pride however the effect is is really terrible so in the end okay we are sure that okay god will settle it they will teach them not to be proud teach them not to seek vain glory. And then when justice reigns, there will be peace. So, so Isaiah's passage is really 
a consolation for us these days, especially okay, when we hear you know all wars going on like that. Yeah. So I mean, what about you? What what do you think? Yes, I mean, you you, you read it last week and um, um, meditate on that. Um, and understand that the peace is coming, uh, and we look at ways that we can prepare for that through the gospel reading. And so the gospel is from the gospel according to Matthew. Jesus said to his disciples, "As it was in the days of Noah, so it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. In those days." Before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving up in giving in marriage, up to the day that Noah entered the ark. They did not know until the flood came and carried them all away. So will it be also at the coming of the Son of Man. Two men will be out in the field; one will be taken, one will be left. Two women. Will be grinding at the mill. One will be taken, and one will be left. Therefore, stay awake, for you do not know on which day your Lord will come. Be sure of this: if the master of the house had known the hour of the night when the thief was coming, he would have stayed awake and not let his house be broken into. So too. You also must be prepared, for at an hour you do not expect, the Son of Man will come. The Gospel of the Lord. Well, um, we uh, we started the liturgical year, okay, uh, year A, and so this year we will be mainly reading from the, the Gospel of Matthew. Um, yes, the the first part of Advent season is to anticipate the coming, the second coming of the Lord, and then we see that we have been hearing a lot on this um, uh, end of the world, the coming of the Son of Man, etc. Uh, one thing is, is sure, okay. Uh, the key point is you do not know today. This is a very clear message in all the all the synoptic gospels, whether it's in Mark and Luke. You know, they they've been talking about this. So, but usually we we will hear a lot of prophecy, doom days, prophecy. Okay, oh, this is the end of the world or whatever. I think the latest one would be that of the 2012, right? Uh, they they believe in those mana Maya calendar, and then. I think all these things are they are they are doing these to make money, and then well, we have quite a lot of movies, a lot of artifacts, and all these things. And so, um, you know, some some other passages also remind us uh, to be alert, in particular, to be alert of the appearance of those false prophets. Here. It didn't say anything about those disasters and all those things, right? Usually, when Jesus talks about the end of the world, okay, it will mention all these things, and then people will, will, will 
Bulgarians will think along, okay, this must be the end because it fulfilled, you know, all these things. However, it is very very clear. So the key point is, okay, the, uh, at the moment, you at the hour, you do not expect. I mean, if you are able to pinpoint a particular day, then you expect it. So that must be wrong. So it is impossible to fix a day and say, this is the end of the world. Because whenever you have a date there, then people will have expectation on that day, and then it will not fulfill the requirement of at an hour you do not expect. So don't waste our time you know, to think of, worry about all these end of the day, uh, end of the world prophecies. Rather, we should stay awake. Now, however, here, um, we have to look at elsewhere. Okay, not only in this passage here, to look for a sign, but please don't waste our time uh, to look at uh, what, what signs, what uh, symbols or whatever. No, this is very clear. Okay, that is no use, you know, paying attention to all this. Rather, stay awake. So what does that mean, to stay awake? Or, or perhaps, you know, the second reading will give us some, some light on that. And uh, for us, it is very clear, because we have just finished the, well, the, the Christ the King, right, there. But of course, I mean, that, that's ESC, uh, it is on, on Luke, it's about, uh, the passage is different. However, in the, in the Gospel of Matthew, we know, okay, uh, uh, one chapter later, chapter 25, it talks about the end of the world. So, just in, uh, we were able to find the answer, okay, simply in the Gospels of Matthew. Okay, it will be there, chapter 25, and it is also very near, okay, uh, verses 31 to 45, you know, something similar. So I, I think uh, there is something there for us to discover, okay? So, yes, please. So we spoke of the first reading that Christ promises peace in the end. The gospel tells us that this end time we don't know when it's going to come. And now we're going to move on to the second reading, which will tell us how to prepare for that end time. Brothers and sisters, we know the time. It is that an hour now for you to awake from sleep. From our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. The night is advanced. The day is at hand. Let us then throw off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us conduct ourselves properly as in the day, not in orgies and drunkenness, not in promiscuity and lust, not in rivalry and jealousy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the desires of the flesh. The word of the Lord. Thank you to God. There are two key points uh, in this reading. Uh, one is you see the contrast between dark and light. And you also see Jesus asks us or Paul asks his followers 
to put on Jesus Christ. So let's keep those two points in mind. Let's go back a little bit as we try to understand how Paul tells us how to prepare for this end time. Paul encourages us to make a conscious choice about how we live. And we need to make a decision now, not tomorrow, not 10 years later. It's important to make the decisions fast. As Christians, we have started our journey towards the second coming of Christ since Christ has come to us the first time already. This process cannot stop. The clock has started ticking since Christ has come to us in the world. When we make our life choices in how we treat others, how we carry our day-to-day activities, how we do conduct ourselves at work, we must keep this final destination in mind. So now I come back to the first of the two key points between dark and light. The passage first speaks of night, which is a time before Christ, and day, which is a time of salvation. We need to make a clear choice between living in the light or remaining in the dark or night. Living in light means walking the path of the children of light, practicing the virtues that Christ has given to us, which Paul is telling us now. The second key point is that at the end of the passage, you hear, put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul's not telling us to change our external appearance, but we need to make a fundamental change about the choices that we make with the final destination in mind so it transforms ourselves internally to be Christ-like. You saw in the first reading, the Israelites thought they were observing the rituals and that they can go to end up in heaven in that way and they can carry on living their day-to-day activities however they want. It's similar to us if we were just to go to Mass every Sunday, but then when we get out of church, we carry on to do whatever we want to do. That's not the way that will fundamentally change how we live our lives. We must change internally. The message of Isaiah is very clear. The choice on whether to live according to God's principle is a choice that we need to make now and not tomorrow. So now I think we can open it up for thoughts and reflections now that we talked about the promise that Christ has told us that there will be eternal peace. There was a warning from Matthew that the day of the end of the world, we do not know. But now John has told us how to prepare and we need to make the decisions now.
it's a great um, set of readings <laughs> as we are now in the first week of Advent, as we prepare again for the coming of Christ. There is a basic question I, I would like to challenge um, you know, all of you. The basic question is, are you afraid of the end of the world? Do you? I'm not. You're not, right? I'm, not, I'm afraid of the end of my life. <laughs> okay, you are afraid of the end, the end of your of life. life. The same thing. If you yes. die, I mean, if I die, that's the end of the world already. I do not participate in that. I have no nothing, right? I cannot get involved, get connected. So, I mean, if I die, then that's the end of my world, at least, right? So, so you, <laughs> all right, yes. Well, for those of you who are online, please feel free to turn on your yeah, mics. Yeah, feel free to talk. And, uh, okay. and, and here you. It would be great to hear your reflections on what the deacon just asked. Are yeah. you afraid? Or Are you afraid you, of the end of the world? End of the world or your life coming to an end? Do you feel that you are prepared? Or, or any of us uh, who are in the room itself? Yeah. Whether we like it or not, if God will really end the world, we can't refuse that. So we have to very be Amen. and to accept that. The you accept it, okay? You accept it. It's uh, okay, we can accept things, you know, in a passive way, okay, because it's imposed from above. I have to accept the, you know, the national security law. I have to accept those COVID measures, regulation. I, yes, I accept. But, um, well, I cannot say I'm afraid of that, but uh, well, I, I, I don't, I don't have that. That passion, I, I want to see the end of the world. So I'm pushing, you know, forward. Not simply, I'm afraid of that. No, I'm, of course, I'm not afraid of the end of the world. Okay, all these things. But do I have the kind of passion I really want to see the end of the world? I really want it to come. I want the world to the end of the world to come. Oh, oh no, don't come. I still have a lot of things. I'm finished. I want to finish that first. <laughs> I want to earn more money. I want to do this. I want to do that. Even if I want to do some good things. Okay, uh, no, I want to visit 1,000 prisoners. I want to, you know. No, but the, 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 my, my, my point is, think seriously about it. Do, do, you, do you desire you know, love or embrace. Come, the end of the world. Come. In a way, yes. In a way, yes. In a way, because yes. Right? You get to see God at that time for better, for worse. Most probably, <laughs> for my case, for worse. <laughs> okay. Well, you're you're um, very correct because the first reading talks about the eternal peace when the kingdom of God comes again. What a beautiful thought! There'll be no war. Everybody will be living peacefully with one another, helping each other out. It's a great thought. Uh, Shirley, H.Y. or Joe, we would uh, love questions. Thanks, yes. Shirley. Uh, can I ask a question first? Please. <laughs> I've been reading the gospel, to, uh, I mean, the, um, the gospel. I always have this 
I don't quite understand one is will be taken away. What does it mean? Okay. Taken uh, and one will be left. Or, so yeah, what yeah. does it mean? Okay, good question. Hi Shirley, can I can I share on that one because that has been my reflection on this gospel, oh, yeah. and yeah. I, I think um, I would like to hang on to what Patrick earlier shared. He said, like you know, when are we like people who go to mass and just you know after leaving the church we go back to our our old ways. So I think if you read the the gasp the the, the passage right, it says. Two men doing their work. One was taken, one was left behind. Two women doing their work. One was taken, one was left behind. I, I, For me, it's like all of us are doing our share, right? Trying um, to be, um, to get to heaven, right? To 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 be prepared, but yes. is our preparation enough? I think so. Probably we have to reflect on what we are preparing for. Is it enough for us to be taken, or is it not enough that we remain? So something like that, right? It's not enough that you just go to church and then after leaving church, you go back to your old ways. We have to be better. Right, we have to do better so that you know we deserve to be taken, not to be left behind. So to be taken means to be taken to heaven, right? Yes. To be left, what does it mean? To to be left on earth, remain on earth, or what? Yeah, that's my question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, okay, so how do I don't you know whether the taken is good or left behind is good. So which, is, anyway. which is good? Which one is good to be taken? Well, I mean, yes, uh, be in the original language in Greek, it is parousia, which is means okay. yeah. Okay, you 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 go to heaven. All right. Okay. Thank all right. You. So yeah. to be left, which means uh bye bye. Jesus said, okay, okay bye bye. Okay, I will bring all these. People with me, okay, to heaven, you stay there, continue to suffer. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, I agree with both Patrick and Joe about the sharing today. Sort of like if we just sort of like or uh, um, following the Ten Commandments, mm -hmm. uh, because it is the end of the year or the beginning already <clears throat> that we should do some reflection. And I think Lord has been. Through uh, the books I bought last two Sundays and um, guiding me how to do some reflection. Um, I have been reading the Chinese book by one of the lay missionary, uh, Stephania Ling, and her work in Sudan and um, Calcutta oh, yeah. and Ethiopia. Missionary, yeah, the really, lay missionary, yeah. Yeah, yeah, really very touching. She talked about um, uh, they don't have a lot of water in Sudan, like, uh, those countries. And I even feel guilty of run, having my tap running, keep on running. So, uh, well, cut the long story short is that um, I think her love, I think the law is not just the Ten Commandments. 
I think is the law of God, because God is love. The law of God is love. And mm. if we have love, then it will bring peace. So I think our reflection is that whether we have failed uh, uh, following the law of love. So maybe sometimes we have failed. Do uh, you know every Sunday we say uh, uh, that uh, things that I failed to do? So I feel like that I haven't done enough in showing love to other people. That's my reflection. It's not just, oh, uh, yeah, I've been going to Mass uh, 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 every Sunday and I have been helping out in church and I have been doing Bible study, I've been saying rosary, et cetera, et cetera. I think that's n- not sufficient. I don't mean it's not good, but it's not sufficient. I think love Well, I mean, well, it seems that uh, all of us, I mean, all of you are very demanding on yourself. I mean, if you look at the second reading, look at the second reading, St. Paul's, Paul's requirement. It's very simple. I mean, among us here, okay, who engage in orgies? No? No, we don't. Drunkenness? Do you? Are you alcoholic? No. Promiscuity? No. Lust? Uh, I cannot. Because I'm, <laughs> I'm a clergy. I mean, a deacon. I, I, I don't. I cannot bring down the church with scandals. Okay, rivalry and jealousy. Ah, that's a little bit tricky. Is uh, some sometimes I may be jealous of years, but I, I know that I'm I'm too old to be jealous. I mean, well, I mean, he's, he's he's much better than me for. So many things, but I, well, I, what can I do? <laughs> so it, well, I mean, if we follow the the listing of all those vices in Saint Paul, then don't you think you are too demanding on yourself? Or okay, I go to mass on Sunday, and then afterwards, okay, I well continue my my old way of doing things. I mean, well, at least, I mean, when you compare all these, uh, all these things, prosperity, luck, and all these things, right? It's nothing. Maybe I'm wrong. Uh, <laughs> he can correct me. From what I heard, no matter how much uh, you've done, it's never enough to go to You really have to rely on God's mercy. And uh, these things about all Jesus, etc., I think to a certain degree, we all have the tendency to commit in mind, soul, or words, or deeds. So uh, 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 when God judges us, it will be, I think, according to what we were taught, our background, and so on. It's not so definitely, I, I think, orgies, drunkenness, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you're not wrong. I, I want to point this out because, because sometimes, when we, when we look at this, we ignore the background. Why Paul lists all these things? Remember that his, uh, his, I mean, he was a Pharisee. He was a Jew. And now he's preaching to the Gentiles, to the Romans. Oh, my God. Those people. So, I mean, he... he right. I mean, he, he was... Paul was writing all these things... In 
I mean, have the Romans, Roman citizens in mind. They think that it is okay to do this, right? This is just social entertainment. This is relationship. This is, you know, but Paul, how could you do that? You know, it's, it's a clash of culture. It's a clash of culture. So, I don't know. So, we, we cannot read, you know, and take these word for word and literally. We need to go a little bit deeper. But, I mean, Paul was right. He said, okay, I'll, I'll wake from sleep. And look about Matthew. Jesus said, stay awake. Right. So I'm, I'm sure they're talking about the same thing. And I'm sure, um, I mean, I'm sure that we do not know. I can only say that. I do, we do not know by what standard God is going to judge us. The apostles, not, not just them, James, you know, the others, they talk about mercy. And then they, and then he, I, I think James is a, a wonderful saying, and he said, okay, mercy is greater than, you know, law, judgment, right? So perhaps um, when we say stay alert, we should focus more on, you know, mercy. How can we? You know, get along with people with a big heart. Do not pass judgment on them. Have mercy on them because there must be a reason behind their actions. Why do they do such stupid things, such dirty things, such ugly things? There must be a reason behind and we, we do not know, we do not understand. And let God pass judgment on them and not us. But what we can do is to stay alert with, hey, am I judging people? Am I too demanding uh, to others as well as ourselves? There is a danger that we are too demanding and then we don't know that we are too demanding on others as well as ourselves. Let's begin. <laughs> Further thoughts that you wanted to share? Um, please. Um, uh, as what Daniel said, that, uh, be vigilance. Let us be vigilance always in prayer. Because even though when we are doing a prayer, there's still things that suddenly coming in and our focus is done. Mm -hmm. So that's the most things that are one of the things that we really need to be careful. Mm -hmm. Thanks. I think um, the Holy Spirit is certainly at work. I think at least some of the um, items that we talked about, I believe, uh, is related to a personal self-examination of conscience. And this is a great time of year to do that as we prepare for Christmas and to make a good act of uh, confession. So if there's no further thoughts, we'll close with a Peaceful, joyful message with the responsorial psalm. Let us go rejoicing to the house of the Lord. Let us go rejoicing to the house of the Lord. I rejoice because they said to me, we will go up 
to the house of the Lord. And now we have set foot within your gates, O Jerusalem. Jerusalem, built as a city with compact unity, to it the tribes go up, the tribes of the Lord, according to the decree for Israel, to give thanks to the name of the Lord. In it are set up judgment seats, seats for the house of David. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May those who love you prosper. May peace be within your walls, prosperity in your buildings. Because of my brothers and friends, I will say, peace be within you. Because of the house of the Lord, our God, I will pray for your good. Let us go rejoicing in the house of the Lord. The Lord be with you. May the Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for tuning in to OLMC Sunday Best. Please join us again next week for another episode. Have a blessed Sunday, everyone.